Welcome to Family Financial Views from University of Illinois Extension. Hi, this is Kathy Sweetler from University of Illinois Extension, and I'm excited to be have an opportunity to talk again with my colleague, Sasha Grobenstetter. And we're going to be talking today about that topic that's been on many of our minds for the last few weeks, and that is gifting. So while we, we most of us do good gifts all year round, the November, December time period is sort of a concentrated amount of thinking about gifts. And that led us to think about like, how do we feel about giving gifts and what are the, how do we effectively use our dollars so that we get the most bang out of our buck. Um, and I think the goal is to make people happy. So are we doing that with our gifts? I guess we're going to find out. Yeah. So there's a lot of, one of the things that Sation I found was that there's a lot of interest in this in the research world. Yes. A lot more than I would have ever guessed. Um, but I guess... <laughs> But I guess one of it, if you think about it, giving gifts is usually with discretionary dollars. So they're not already committed to things like, you know, shelter or food or um, food or things like that. So people who are interested in marketing research are really interested in like getting, you know, influencing our discretionary dollars. So I think that's one of the reasons there's so much research on that. Um, but it was very eye opening for me to see how much research and to see that you know, one of the things the research really looks at is what makes a good gift and how do you make either the person who's giving the gift or the receiver happy? And I had never really quite thought about like the fact that you want both people happy. I mean, yes. it makes sense, but I don't know, Sasha, do you kind of, when you go out shopping for gifts, do you think about it from that perspective? Um, normally I feel like I look at the perspective of like making the person happy, but also like, I think, uh, like maybe internally I'm like, Oh, I think this, like, it makes me happy to give them something. I think that they will think that they're going to enjoy or get a lot of utilization from. So, you know, maybe, maybe it's there, but not like actualized. Like I didn't realize that that happens when I buy things for other people. Yeah, I think that's a good point. And it also made me realize how many times have I been, you know, somewhere shopping, like I love going to crafts fairs and things and looking for things for people. And I'm like, well, I like it. So be a good gift, right? <laughs> <laughs> and maybe that's really focusing more on making me happy than making the recipient of this crafty item happy. Mm -hmm. So, um, so I think it was an interesting point that's, and it, clearly the researchers think it's a interesting point. Oh yeah, of course. So I was actually, I looked at one research um, piece that was done um, and the research study was, give me yourself. Gifts are liked more when they match the giver's characteristics. Um, and this was done by Pelosi and colleagues and published in the Journal of Consumer Psychology just a couple years ago. And, it, you know, again, it was looking at more the characteristics of the giver than the recipient. So kind of backwards to me, but what they found was that if the gift is given that kind of matches the giver, then it's more appreciated. That's really interesting. You know, like I think that piece is just uh, like, it makes me think about like what, what I'm giving and how I can match that person better. 
Yeah, I think it's interesting. So I think, and I was trying to think about it after I read the research article, think like, does this make any sense from a logical, you know, from just my own sense of things? And I realized that, um, you know, when we do give kind of a piece of ourselves, whether it's something that we, you know, like a book we've read that has deep meaning for us or music that we really like, and we want to share that with somebody else, mm-hmm. um, then I think, yeah, you're kind of, it matches you and maybe it is more appreciated because it shows that you want to do that sharing. It could just be like the fact that, you know, you took the time to like give that, I don't know, like I, if you gave me a, like, let's say, for example, you gave me a book that you appreciated and you're like, I think you appreciate it too. Like that makes me feel like we're part of the same group. Like I feel like we're kept something in common, but it also makes me think of you when I read the book. Does that make sense? Yeah. I think that's, I think that's where that comes into play here. So something to think about when you're trying to decide what's a good gift. Yeah. I found this really interesting article that kind of is viewing it from the other lens of like why certain gifts are great to give, but not to get. And it's um, from some guys from Carnegie Mellon, Carne- Carnegie Mellon University. And they actually have a really interesting um, infographic. So if you do go look at the research, you'll find this really interesting infographic and talking about like um, what errors there are out there. So there's like three errors that there are out there for people talking about um, like givers want to give a gift that wows. Well, really the the gift receiver wants something that's useful. So I thought that was interesting. I know. And that is really interesting to me, but I guess, yeah, even if it's really glitzy and, but you don't know what to do with it, it's could be a problem. Yeah. Like sometimes, you know, like in this example, they gave like the, the gift of like a, like a ring, like it's not a diamond ring. Let's make that clear. It's just like a different ring. Um, just a ring. <laughs> just a ring. Um, but the other thing, you know, the useful gift is like um, a utility knife. And I'm like, oh, well, you know, that makes sense. Like, you know, that's gift. That's an that's a useful gift. Um, I think it just depends on like what. Like these might be kind of extreme examples. I feel. like. I was gonna but. say like if somebody decides that a vacuum cleaner is really useful for me, no, I don't want that for a holiday <laughs> gift. <laughs> I can't I'm just tell you. Putting that out there right now <laughs> but you know i can't tell you how many times people will be like oh you know i know i've become an adult when i need i get a vacuum cleaner for christmas or the holidays and i get so excited i'm like no <laughs> i don't know i don't know i my, just i mean i kind of like those extras myself but I mean, my no. mom my mom was like the notorious one for giving i remember she gave both me and my sister Cause like, I think I, that was the year I was pregnant and she gave us a vac, like a, a really nice vacuum cleaner. And I was like, Oh, this is really cool. And I was like, what are you trying to say? <laughs> so, well, so that's an interesting point too. So sometimes we wonder if there's messages in the gift we receive. And um, especially when moms are giving to their children, adult children, I, there probably are messages at time when it comes right down to oh, it. So. I th- I'm sure, Kathy, I'm sure there's also messages with in-laws and all sorts of other things going all sorts of ways. So, um, Which makes gifting just that much more complicated and interesting, it right? It is. It's, there's so much complication. So let's talk about the other two errors just real quick. Yeah, so the other let's one, not skid off. Um, here. That's okay. The other one is um, gifting should be surprising. So in this example, like... They didn't ask for an iPad. They asked for gifts from their registry. And I can say from experience, I felt this way, especially like during my wedding. I don't know why I felt this way, but like, 
you know, like, or, oh, 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 do you remember when, because Kathy was invited to my wedding, so we can actually have this conversation um, for those listeners out there. But I had um, a website that you could give an experience. Do you remember that, Kathy? I do. Yes. Yeah. Because that, that was, was really fun. fun. Yes, yeah. it was. Um, I think I did know. give you money towards an experience yes. rather than a dishes or towels or yeah, something. Yeah. Like and I, I, I appreciated that more than anything else. So, um, those were like the best gifts. Cause then we got to go do really cool things on our honeymoon. So woo woo. Thanks Kathy. It was awesome. <laughs> um, and then the last error is about that. The gifts should symbolize the gift recipient relationship. Um, and it says that givers think that recipients will value socially responsible gifts because recipients will feel a warm glow when they receive them. But recipients get little ownership value from such gifts. And it's really funny because on the meat, on the, uh, infographic it says unimpressed <laughs> and i think this one is kind of interesting and this is one thing that um i know someone is looking through the different research is this is not so easy mm-hmm. to come up with a top 10 rules of gift giving yeah because for in that example in a way if like i really believe in an environmental cause let's say for example and then i give everybody a present a gift um for the holidays in has to do with the environment in one way i'm sharing a piece of myself Mm -hmm. um and so i feel like that might be a positive based on the research we talked about but then it could also just backfire i guess and just be not interest people are not interested it's not impressed yeah it's from you but i don't really care (laughs) so um And I think so it may have to do with who you give it to and, you know, your relationship with them and things like that. But Mm -hmm. I wish it was as easy as a top 10 list of how to gift. Or even like a top like three list, like here are top three things that you could get people. Like, I don't know if you've seen around on um, social media, Kathy, that the list of like gifts you can give without money or something do you, do you remember no I've not, okay. i'm not on the right social media obviously okay. uh no because i think one of our colleagues shared it so that's why i thought you might have seen it but no, there's like a list of like 52 things you can get that's not money or gift cards or something like that and it's like a lot of experiential things um i think it's just like a list of like sporting events or uh baking classes or skydiving things like that um yeah. that are kind of you know might not be something you think of like right off the bat, but still would be a good, a cool kind of gift. So, and that actually plays into this other research that I read um, from that was done by um, a researcher named C. Chan, and he looked at experiential gifts versus material gifts. And mm-hmm. this was published in Journal of Consumer Research. And he found that um, experiential gifts, where people, the events, have something that a recipient gets to live through, like skydiving, hopefully, um, versus hopefully. like material gifts, like objects you keep. The the experiences were produced more emotion mm-hmm. and seemed to help build relationships. So you remember it longer, you're doing it longer. So the gift, in a way, helps maintain ties or build strengthens relationships with somebody. And I thought was really interesting. They gave an example from one of the pieces of the study where they looked at like a, a plain coffee mug, but on it, it said my coffee mug versus a plain coffee mug that said my coffee time. And even the change in the wording made people 
um, appreciate the coffee mug that says, hey, kind of like, this is your coffee time. Take a break, have coffee, relax, versus just the mug that said, this is your mug. Well, I mean, I think that kind of makes sense, Kathy, because like, if you think about like... If you got a coffee mug that was like, this is my coffee mug, like Seisha's coffee mug, I'd be like, okay, that's cool. Like, thank you. Whereas like, oh, like you're thinking about me and like what I need to like get started through the day. Not that I need coffee, but. But I do. (laughs) (laughs) So I might get you a coffee mug that says Kathy's coffee time. Like, you know, that way I'm thinking of you. And like every time you think, every time you drink from me, like, oh, Seisha got that for me. That was so sweet because she thought of me and thinks like I need my coffee time. Otherwise I might kill you because you're talking to me and I haven't had my coffee yet. So exactly. So, so, so interesting (laughs) about, um, experiences do seem in some way or other building something that's experiential or an experience related to the gifts does seem to help strengthen relationships. And I think an example of that too, would be like when you give somebody like a board game Mm -hmm. and then you have a chance to sit down and play it with them, whether they're um, a young child in your family or peers, there's more to it than just this object. There's like, I want to do this with you. Yeah. I mean, some of the, like I was, um, you know, thinking back on some of my like previous Christmases and some of the best gifts that we got were like from doing white elephant gifts exchanges. And then, you know, like there might be a card game or a board game and, you know, just having the time to like sit down and spend together are things I remember more than like the gifts I've gotten in the last 30 years of my life. Like I don't, I can't tell you I can tell you like a few gifts I remember, but throughout my whole like life. Like the wedding gift I gave you, right? You do yes, remember, of course. Right? I do. Okay. I do. <laughs> Don't forget. <laughs> no, I do. But I, you know, I think about, you know, like just those memories of like watching my dad, like literally like almost laugh himself until he needed to, to use the bathroom because he just thought what we were doing, like the game we were playing was so funny or like watching people just like have this like rivalry of like, you know, I'm going to get you because you got me. And like, you know, just, I don't know. It's really, it's a different experience. So I, I really enjoy gifts like that. I personally do more. Right. So, so when you're looking at gifting, um, you know, looking at things that can help build relationships, looking at things that share about you. um, But also, you know, those things help build relationships may be good, but we can't just ignore the recipient, I think, is what the research is also saying. That, um, you know, one of the things that we know is that, what am I trying to say? One of the things we want to, that we have seen from some surveys from the National Retail Retail Federation is that the most requested item out there is gift cards. 60% of people put that as the top thing. And what does that mean? I think that means people like picking out their own gift. I agree. And they want something that they want, not just something that you randomly think they would want or should want. Well, do you, I mean, we, you know, do you think that gift cards are a cop-out, Kathy? Because they kind of, sometimes I feel like they are, like they'll just be kind of generic. Like um, a lot of times people give me coffee gift cards, right? Um, To a certain large establishment that we all know about. Um, And I, like I said earlier, I don't drink coffee. So I don't really appreciate these gift cards that I'm just like given randomly because society thinks everyone drinks coffee. You know what I mean? So, I mean, I personally always just feel like 
it's kind of sad if you have an event, you know, whether it's your birthday or a holiday event and you open up all your presents and then you have all these plastic cards in front of you and there's nothing you can do with them except go out. And, you know, you have to go out and do energy to do something, right? Like you have to go, <laughs> you have to like go get it yourself. Yeah. Um, so in that sense, I do think sometimes gift cards to me feel like a cop out, but I, I'm not sure that I'm, I represent the majority opinion on that at all. I think there's also this frustration with, you know, um, you know, I got this sweater or shirt from a family member and that's a terrible color or I don't like that style or it doesn't feel good or, you know, whatever. And then mm-hmm. you still have to, you know, then there's that whole return, return process it. or do you not return it or how do you explain it? So it's, I think it's kind of a challenge. Maybe it comes back to knowing that person a little bit. Um, Mm -hmm. But I was really actually thinking about this when I was putting together the podcast because I was, you know, right now I am looking at um, holiday gifts for people and Mm -hmm. things. And some people, like especially colleagues, maybe you want to exchange gifts with a colleague or, or an adult niece or nephew that's not, you don't, aren't, you know, in contact with on a daily basis. And you're like, what do I, what do I give that they will want, but Mm -hmm. yet doesn't feel like that cop out. And I think in putting together this, you know, what we've been talking about that maybe like giving a gift card, but with a little message, like, uh, I hope that you're having a chance to relax over the winter holiday, um, use this gift card to, whether it's to buy a book or download music or buy bubbles for your bath or whatever helps you relax. I hope that you can enjoy this treat. Mm -hmm. So then it's putting a little bit of the control in their own hands, what's relaxing to them versus, you know, me trying to pick out something and sending them, you know, maybe they only take showers and I send bubble bath. That's sort of silly. (laughs) I mean, I think, you know, also being mindful about like getting a gift card that's meaningful to, to that person too. Like, like you said, um, you know, you can send a message, but I also think like getting a gift, like if you get like a, a random, like just like random, like visa or master gift card you know like i think that's different from like a targeted store that you know that that person's gonna go to and enjoy or that they're gonna get utilization from like there's a certain restaurant that i really love that's only available like i have to drive 20 minutes to get there and anytime anyone gives me a gift card to that i'm like heck yeah now i can go there and it's like you know i don't have to like yes i feel like i'm not wasting my money but i'm like someone thought about like how important this place is to me and they wanted to make my day and give that to me. So, you know, it's just a little different. Exactly. Especially when it's something that's a little nicer than they might be able to afford to buy for themselves. But you, if they have a gift card, they'll say, well, this is, you know, maybe a nicer restaurant or a nicer kind of makeup or, you know, a treat that I wouldn't normally give myself, but because Mm -hmm. I have a gift card, I can go enjoy that treat. Oh yeah. Like even like I like even like a massage. Like I got a massage one year and I thought that was from my husband. I was like, Oh, this is so nice. Like I would have never done this for myself. See, so, that's a great example of an experience. I think. Yes. It's a good you know, like now I, I remember like, oh that was fun. I should probably do that again. <laughs> so there you so go. to kind of flip this whole conversation, if we're ready mm-hmm. to do that, like, Sisha, how do you feel about re-gifting? Like when, um, you know, you get something and it's not quite right for you, do you save it and then pass it along? Or do you have one of those gift closets with things ready to go? Um, I do, Kathy. I do. And maybe, I don't think... Um, the... They're different things, actually. Yeah. So. Okay. So I, well, let's start with the first one. Do I re-gift? Yes. Sometimes. Um... Like I said, 
maybe I'm just, maybe I'm a person who has high expectations of gift giving. (laughs) And I, maybe I feel like, you know, like you should know me better. (laughs) Um, but that, you know, sometimes I'll get stuff and I'm like, I don't, I don't drink coffee. I don't eat peppermints. Like, I mean, just things like that. And I'm like, why do people think that this is something I like? So I might keep on, hold on to it and like, just if there's like a white elephant gift exchange, I'm like, oh, here it goes in the white elephant exchange. Like, just push it on to somebody else. <laughs> now, as for a gift closet, yes, I have a gift closet. So the research shows that like 50% of American consumers practice re-gifting and 65% suspect that they've been recipients of re-gifts. <laughs> so I thought that was kind of interesting. But again, sometimes it's those things where we got one and we already had it or it doesn't mm-hmm. match our, you know, tastes or whatever. So passing it on to somebody else only kind of makes sense in that to me at that point. Mm-hmm. Um, and then what do you think, though, about like this gift closet where you've just got things ready to go and um a lot of in our in one study they found that 77% of participants had a gift closet which was things that were you know they could they maybe had purchased them either because they were on sale or it was a good price for it and also for convenience like then you have it so i do this only because there are times in my life when you need a gift for someone who isn't like within your direct, like immediate family. Does that make sense? Right. Yeah. That makes you know, sense. like you said earlier, like a colleague or like an aunt or an uncle that you don't see very often, or like I keep a bunch of stuff so that way I can use it to actually personalize it myself. Like I have a bunch of water bottles, like metal water, water bottles downstairs right now, um, that I can use my machine to personalize it and like put their name on it or like make it more unique for them. Cause it's, you know, it's kind of plain looking right now. So then I can make it nicer. So like I keep things like that on hand, I keep lots of shirts on hand, just things I can like make something and make it into something else to kind of make it more personalized. I don't know if that's everyone does, but like my mom used to, sorry, this is a long story. My mom used to have a bunch of candles <laughs> And so I remember at like one of my, my sister's baby shower, I think she bought like 30 candles and she just like kept handing them out as presents. Like, here you go, a candle for you and a candle for you. And then like, you know, she would just give out candles because that's how, that's what she had in her, in her gift closet. It was, it utilized, it was her utilization. So. Yeah, no, I think it makes sense. So, um, I, you know, in my gift closet, I have sort of an abundant, I think it's mostly kind of slanted towards baby gifts. Because we just have, we know a lot of people who are younger than us that have like their first child or second child and we like to send a gift to them. Um, and, but, but often they don't live all that close to us. We haven't, we probably won't even get to see the baby until it's like ready to go to college or something. No, I mean, you know, so, you know, we just, it's easier for me when I see something on sale or I have a favorite book that I like to send, you know, I just have a stockpile because then I can get it out. Otherwise, to be honest, it just takes, you know, time is probably the big crunch there for me. Mm-hmm. So it's really a convenience thing. I agree. It's a convenience thing. You know, like sometimes I just don't have the time to run out to the store or wait two days for a certain large company to ship it to my house. Like I just don't have the time. I don't have that much time. So I just have to find something that I either, you know, received and don't need, or that was in my closet to give. Yeah. 
And that's pretty much what Thompson and Associates found in their article, Gifting from the Closet, Thoughtful or Thoughtless, um, was that typically the likelihood of getting a gift from a gift closet is, is inversely related to the symbolic importance of the gift on the relationship. So kind of what you were saying, they, it, you're more likely to give from the gift closet to people who are not within your immediate family, maybe not your boyfriend, for example. Um, but really people reported, you know, time and convenience, those were big deals, money and bargains, mm -hmm. that the most frequent recipient was grandchildren. Oh, <laughs> which is kind sense. of, which is kind of, at first I'm like, but aren't they important to them? But yes, but you know, you, you know, I think it's like when you see things, you want to get them for your grandkids. So you mm -hmm. stash them away till the right moment. That reminds me of a funny story. Um, a couple years ago, Kyle, uh, my husband lost his grandmother and, um, there in the, in grandma's gift closet was a clo a gift for me. It was a mug of a cat that she wanted to give me. Um, but obviously yeah. she was waiting for an occasion to give it to me. Um, but yeah, I mean, while I didn't have grandparents growing up, I have heard stories of my husband saying how many times his grandparents would come over with like some random trinket or gift to give them so it makes yeah. sense and I think that makes sense sometimes you are out about shopping or whatever and you see the right thing for somebody that you are close to and why not get it then and then just hold on to it to the next event so clearly she thought of you when she saw the cat of course so and if you've heard should we get a vet you would know so go listen to that one right. <laughs> yeah and speaking of podcasts um that you might want to go back to if you're interested in this idea about gifting. We've did a um, podcast on money personalities, mm -hmm. and that's not and people who are really givers and how that influences their attitude towards money and things. Um, that's another whole side of this gifting conversation that we're not going into today. Mm -hmm. But you can go back and listen to our podcast on that. Yeah, and that one was a fun one too because we got to talk about all the different money personalities and the different quizzes out there, and it's just kind of a fun thing to 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 learn about. So, yeah, I thought that was a fun one too. So, well, I think this has been a really kind of fun topic, mm -hmm. and I really enjoyed preparing for it and reading the different research and made me look at giving gifts from a little different perspective and kind of think about my motivations and where I want to go with gifts in the future um, for all kinds of people that I enjoy giving gifts to. But now I'm going to think a little mm -hmm. bit more about whether I'm trying to please me or them. Um, that was my takeaway. Mm -hmm. So I don't know if, did you have any different takeaways? Oh, well, I want to just like, um, as we're wrapping up, I did find this article um, from the same people I was talking about earlier. So this article is actually called Keeping the Joneses from Getting Ahead in the First Place, Envy's Influence on the Gift-Giving Behavior. And this is from the Journal of Business Research. Again, this is from um, some people from West Virginia University and Carnegie Mellon. And they're talking about how um, sometimes we choose gifts that we know are suboptimal and then um, and it's a desire for us as the gift -er to remain satisfied with our own possessions. So I thought that was really interesting as well that this, that this research was talking about how like we, some, as we give gifts, we could think about like what we have in our own house and sometimes that can make us feel bad. So I'm not trying to end this on a bad note, but I do think it's interesting that sometimes we, we look at the gifts from our perspective when you're right. We need to look at it from, from the gift he's expected or perspective. Like, what are we giving them? How is it going to help them? 
will they enjoy it? Those kind of things. Yeah, there's obviously different motivations um, behind gifting in different situations, you know, whether it's to have somebody have fun with it, to build a relationship, to make us feel better. Um, I guess it's just because even, the, you know, as we've said in so many podcasts, money's a lot more than just the numbers. It's mm-hmm. also about all these emotions that are behind how we make spending decisions. And gifting is just like a very intense piece of that spending decisions. That it feels happens. like, yeah, it feels like a super intense, like extra piece of the gift giving experience. Right. Cause like, you know, if you give a gift to somebody and they, and they don't like it, it, it makes you feel bad too, you know, like, oh, I wish I got you something better. And then you feel like you wasted money too. And, you know, for many of us, we're all trying to balance how much we spend to make somebody feel good, but yet keep our budget in a reasonable place so that um, we feel good about ourselves and our financial situation. So lots of stuff around gifting. Yeah. Lots and lots of things. So as you're going into, you know, this next year, thinking about gifting, you know, whether it's holidays, birthdays, anniversaries, whatever it may be, you know, just have a different perspective. All right. Well, thanks for having this conversation with me, Seisha. I really enjoyed it. Me too, Kathy. Thanks listeners. Hope you have a great day. Thanks for listening to Family Financial Fuse. If you'd like to learn more about the educators, Extension in Illinois, or just personal finance in general, you can check us out on the web at www.retirewell.illinois.edu.